Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. This week, the IOC released a 70-page athlete playbook outlining the health protocols for competitors during the upcoming games. Athletes won't be able to venture much from their training competitions, even transportation. The rules specifically indicate they must take specified vehicles, wear masks at all times except when eating, sleeping, training, and competing. Violators will be warned, but they could also be barred from the games, even fined for multiple violations. The state of emergency in Tokyo is set to end this weekend. Japan has increased event capacity from 5,000 to 10,000. More than 10% of the Japanese population has now been vaccinated for COVID-19. Officials expect 70 to 80% of journalists at the games to be vaccinated. And IOC President Thomas Bach said this week he expects 80% of people at the Olympic Village to be vaccinated in time for the games. Congrats to Kevin McDowell. The triathlete was named to the Olympic roster. We spoke with him in episode 39. He's a cancer survivor and tells me he feels confident these upcoming games in Tokyo will be safe. Are you feeling good based on uh, the competitions you've been a part of to this point that things will go smoothly in in Tokyo? Yeah, you know, I haven't looked too much at how the exact landscape of how it's going to work on ground at the Olympics just because I didn't want to get myself thinking too much about it if I didn't end up making the team. But that being said, we were in Yokohama last month and flew into Tokyo and went through a very serious bubble situation with like in our hotel room outside of going to training meals provided to us. And um, I felt I handled that really well. I mean, Morgan did as well, because I mean, he clearly podiumed and I had one of my best results and not just outside of like, um, I ended up 11th. So I'm very confident in what they've got laid out. And I think both of us, we showed we can navigate through it well last month and i think we'll be able to do the same going in and actually give us an advantage knowing what we can kind of expect and also just traveling through the other races this year and um usa triathlon has been awesome with like helping us navigate through and giving us feedback on what to do and how to handle things and i mean vaccinations have helped a lot too and just a little ease i know there's still complications with what can happen with that but it gives you a little sense of ease but because of my health history i've been pretty on top of many years um just masks and all these different kind of cleanliness stuff so i'm confident it'll go pretty smoothly as a whole and we're i mean you got to be prepared in any way the u.s women's rugby team has been announced for the games lauren doyle is on that squad we spoke to her back in episode 47 if you want to take a listen the u.s men's volleyball team has also been announced the u.s swimming trials wrap up this weekend already numerous swimmers have punched their tickets to tokyo including ryan murphy whom we spoke with in episode 51 track and field trials get underway this weekend and run through the end of the month shocking news this week that long distance runner shelby houlihan a 2016 Olympian, who currently holds American records for both the 1500 meter and 5000 meter, has been given a four year ban after testing positive for a barred substance, Nandrolone, back in January. She believes it came from pork she ate from a burrito she bought from a food truck. We expect the U.S. women's soccer Olympic roster to be announced in the coming weeks ahead of a July 1st warm up match. In tennis, we learned this week that Rafael Nadal will not play at Wimbledon nor the Tokyo Olympics, saying he has decided to skip the two tournaments after listening to his body. Naomi Osaka has pulled out of Wimbledon on the women's side, but her agent has indicated she would be ready to go in time for the summer games in her home nation of Japan. If you talked with U.S. rhythmic gymnast Laura Zhang back in 2020, you'd think today she'd be on the brink of entering her sophomore year at Yale with two Summer Olympics under her belt and the final chapter of her gymnastics career in the books. But as everyone learned over the last year, a pandemic changes things. We spoke with her via Zoom. Pandemic 
think uh, wasn't part of the plan for you, was it? We no. last time we talked, you were getting ready to go to Yale, and you needed to get through the games. And what what all what all happened? What all, how did this all shake out? Well, I can't believe we haven't talked since then. Um, well, I was actually training in Russia in 2020. And then we heard all the news and I woke up one morning to like a million texts and calls. And they were like, you're coming home in a few hours, pack your stuff. So I was in a whirlwind and I just came home. Um, and then obviously, you know, Tokyo got postponed and I had to make the decision also to defer for another year and just kind of had to like slow everything down because we were just kind of like, we had all that momentum going and then it just kind of all slowed down. So we had to stop everything, reevaluate. We weren't able to train for like three to four months in our gym. So we kind of had zoom calls every day with our coach and we had to adjust to training at home. Um, and then slowly we were able to get back into the gym. And then this year we started competing in April, which is pretty late for us. You know, usually we start competing in February, but obviously there weren't any competitions and you just kind of have to make do with the situation that the world is in. So everything is kind of like in a shortened timeline, you know, before on a normal basis, you have like a few competitions every few weeks and everything is just like spaced out more. But right now everything is just like crammed because obviously it's only been recently since some restrictions have been lifted, since people have been able to get vaccines, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely been a whirlwind of a year this year because last year was like slowing down. And then this year we're just like playing catch up all the time. What, what, what does an extra year do for you? Because, um, First of all, I want to point out that this is a sport where uh, youth tends to uh, be a benefit. And so this tax on another year, you were already kind of um, sunsetting your career at this point. Anyway, when when the games had been postponed in March of 2020, was there any question or doubt in your mind as to whether you would continue or, or was the thought process, OK, 2021, here we come? Well, part of it was just like doubt over whether Tokyo would even happen. You know, there was like so much uncertainty on so many levels that it was hard to even know. It was hard to even process how I was feeling about everything. Um, of course, the thought crossed my mind, like, do I want to do this for another year? But in the end, you know, obviously I've been working towards this for a whole cycle already and I, I need to finish what I started. So of course I decided to make the decision to continue. The real question was what I wanted to do about school. If I wanted to defer, you know, they had online classes and in the end, I also, you know, came up with the conclusion that if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it a hundred percent. My mind needs to just be focused on what I'm doing. You know, I'm a gymnast right now and that's my goal to be the best gymnast that I can. So there was doubt, of course, but in the end, you know, the, the path became clear. What is different about you now in 2021 versus in March of 2020? Have, have things changed for you mentally, physically? I mean, are, are you at the same place you were at that point before things got postponed or has it been a struggle or are you further along? Well, it was definitely interesting because um, this code of points that we have in our sport right now is a lot of difficulty and it's a lot of changes. And so during that year of 2020, when some of the other countries were still able to compete, you know, we still had to be watching because the code was still evolving. So as much as we were kind of like, 
still just like in our homes, we still had to be thinking about how could we maximize our difficulty? How can we still add? And so when this year was starting and we could be back in the gym and we could start competing, it was kind of about testing all of the things that we've been thinking about. It was about going through our routines. Are the judges counting this? Are other countries doing this? Like it's about experimentation. And so very much during the year of 2020, I was always thinking about my routines. I never have stopped. It's only with 2021 that I've able to kind of like have the momentum behind me where I can test something and, and respond to it, have that feedback and then immediately change if need to be re-choreographed. And so it's definitely a very continuous process that didn't stop last year, but it's just been expedited this year. So I just feel like a lot of energy behind me and you know there's only two months left to go before tokyo but we're working harder than ever did you have to knock some of the rust off when you got back into the gym I, it was oh for sure yeah i mean i think surprisingly like uh rhythmic gymnasts you know even though we couldn't do our main things such as like big tosses or equipment handling we were all able to stay in shape like not bad because we were able to do some of our conditioning some ballet at home you know luckily we're not like swimming like we don't need a pool you know there's still some physical therapy exercises that we could do in our house and we were communicating with our physical therapist the entire time just trying to adapt our mindset and our training plan for that of course when we came back it was all about easing in you know when you're out of the gym three, four months, you have to take it slowly when you're uh, coming back. But luckily, I think we were able to manage pretty well. How did you handle uh, kind of the personal aspect of being home and not being training? Did, did you did you pick up anything? Did you did you start any new hobbies? Did you learn how to game or cook? Well, I feel like I experienced quarantine much as the entire world. You know, I went a little bit crazy, but also I was extremely grateful to be able to be at home and to be with my family and to spend time with them every day and and just experience, you know, being at home because I am going to college. So as much as it was hard being stuck in the same place for four months and actually for the entire year, I was grateful at the same time. Um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, watching a lot of TV and movies, a lot of Zooming with friends and family and just I feel like we were all going through the same thing. Like initially we're like, Oh, like we have some time at home. Like let's enjoy this. Let's bake. And then two weeks later, you're like, Oh my God, I'm sick of this already. What am I going to do next? You know, just kind of that mental cycle, but you know, it doesn't kill you make you stronger. So I feel like mentally us being able to go through that patch made us um, even more motivated this year to have energy. How have these competitions leading up to the games been as far as safety wise? What are you doing differently now? What are the protocols going into these and going into Japan compared to what you were doing? Right. Well, it is, it was super interesting because we have the new element is the COVID testing, the PCR testing that's required when, whenever we travel, whenever we go to a new country, whenever we go to a new competition. And it can get very confusing because local regulations differ from planes, differ from different countries. And there's kind of sometimes a lot of miscommunication and chaos that can happen. Like actually recently, we were leaving Russia, traveling through Amsterdam to get to Italy. And we were told that our PCR test needed to be within 48 hours. And then we got to the airport and they said, no, it has to be within 24 hours. So at the airport, we tried to get a rapid PCR, but then it took one hour 
which of course it did. And we missed our flight. And then we had to stay at the airport for eight extra hours before the next flight. So it's just kind of a lot of trial and error, like trying to get used to, you know, the system. Of course, it's different everywhere. So we just have to be able to adapt. Um, competition wise, it's interesting because when you're actually in the arena practicing warming up it's just like everything is normal but then you get these reminders every so often for example usually we receive t-shirts at competitions as kind of like a memento of the competition but now we were receiving masks with like fig world cup and it had a mask instead or we were receiving hand sanitizer instead of perfume um and in one competition in baku azerbaijan it was super interesting because when you were watching the medal ceremony they actually had drones deliver the medals so the girls were just taking it off the drone and placing it on their head so you know technology is catching up and that was super interesting but it's definitely been um different for the four world cups and one more thing is obviously there's no audience but they would play an audience clap track before every gymnast so it was um very equitable i will say that for each gymnast to have the same amount of clapping <laughs> do you feed off the energy of the crowd i mean has it been weird playing or performing in, in front of empty empty facilities on one hand yes but on another hand like i feel like i got used to it a little bit and also i will say that the um, audience clap track did help because the most clapping you receive is at the beginning and end of your performance. And they played that, you know, the run and it was like loud in the whole arena. And occasionally they would have uh, volunteers who were at the arena in the audience as well. So of course you miss the whole entire atmosphere, but you take what you get. And I thought it was pretty ingenious and nice that they at least had the clap track as compensation. Have you been vaccinated? I have. Has USOPC been pretty good as far as communicating health standards and regulations and helping you guys get whatever you need? Um, they mostly just told us to follow our local guidelines. I was able to get it. Um, I got the Johnson and Johnson and I got it through the state through my, we all kind of did it by ourselves. The USOPC general guidelines were advising us to get it but to try to follow like local and state guidelines to get it. Well, I can imagine the Johnson and Johnson's good because it's one and done. You don't have to worry about, well, now I've got a competition. Am I going to be back in time to get the second vaccine? So that's for sure. I did have a pretty strong reaction and I got it like a week before I left for my first trip. So I was glad that I gave myself a week that buffer so I could kind of recover from that and then go forward. How are you feeling about the safety of these games? Um, I personally am feeling pretty good. I'm confident that Tokyo will be able to carry out this games because I was able to go to Tokyo last in 2019, sorry, not last year for a competition. And, you know, everything was super well organized to a T and they're so clean there. I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to carry this out because even right now they have very stringent guidelines. Like we have to take, I haven't read the details yet, but there's like three different types of testing that we'll have to take. They're being very strict about how long you can be in the country, where you can be. They have like very strict guidelines that they've already given out to all the delegations. So I'm confident that they'll be able to pull off the games cleanly. And as long as everyone tries to get vaccinated, tries to follow the guidelines, wears masks, you know, I'm hoping that we'll have a clean and successful games. And based on my experience of competing these last few months, it is possible. Does your family typically travel with you when you go to these competitions? Because that's not something that's going to be allowed in, in Tokyo. 
Yes, it's very disappointing. That's one of the most disappointing things is that our families won't be able to come. Of course, my parents and my sister were so looking forward to be able to come and watch, to cheer me on. But, you know, this is, we're in a pandemic, so it's understandable situation. But of course, they're disappointed that they won't be able to travel um, and come watch, but at least they'll be able to watch, you know, on the screen. Well, what steps do you still have to take? Because the, the bid is there, right? And you, you have to fill one of these two bids to, to go in. Is that, is that, does it all come down to St. Louis basically later this month? Yes. So in 2019 Worlds, um, we qualified two spots, but not ourselves. And so uh, at Nationals, we'll determine who gets those two spots. Okay. All right. Um, let, let's let's uh, pretend that... that we'll move forward and, and assume that, that you are going to the games and it's going to be different. You were there in 2016, you were there for Rio and yeah, there was Zika and, and there were concerns there. This is, this is different. This is going to be a completely different experience. We, we talked in 2016 about how you wanted to get lots of pictures and really enjoy yourself at the village, whatever opportunities that you got. And at the closing ceremonies, those opportunities are, are going to be a little different, maybe few and far between this time around. For sure. We won't be able to like travel, you know, outside of the village, even inside of the village, there'll be very strict guidelines, but I'm still looking forward to a few innovative things. Like I read that I once read an article that they were going to have like robots or something in the village, like cleaning everything or that the beds are going to be like hundred percent, you know, recyclable or made out of wood. Like Tokyo is always ingenious. They have so much technology. So as much as we're missing out on, you know, there's still so much to look forward to and buy bottom line is we want these games to happen and as long as i get there and i compete i'll be happy are you still tinkering with music and routines or are you pretty much locked in with with what the plans are moving forward here um you know after every competition we tinker a little bit and we even now we're still making some changes but it's kind of like the nature of this code and also the nature of us not being able to compete for a whole year that we just have to be, that we just have to be adapting. And right now it's not only about working hard. It's about working with awareness. So every day when I'm training, when I'm practicing, I always like ask myself, why am I doing it this way? Why am I doing it that way? Not only does it keep me sharp, it keeps me on my toes literally. And even though it might be hard being having to adapt to all these changes, I think it makes us stronger and it makes it more interesting. Um, so really constant state of catch up, still doing a lot of changes, but moving forward, working hard. During the, the media summit, this is, you know, you can, whatever your comfort level is on this during the media summit, some of the Asian American athletes had talked about some of the things that they had experienced, um, whether it be racist comments. I mean, there have been assaults in America. We've been, we've been seeing that, uh, you come from a family, I believe from China, correct? Have you, have you, are you able to speak about any of that? I mean, have you witnessed any of that? Have you, um, experienced any of that? Not only from the Atlanta, uh, you know, the Atlanta situation, but, uh, since coronavirus, I mean, have, have you been a part of that or witnessed any of that? I mean, obviously it's horrific what's happening with the anti-Asian American sentiment. Um, but I will say I can't really speak on it on my behalf. I've been lucky to be relatively sheltered because I've just been in my house or I've been in the gym training or when I've been competing, it's just been hotel and gym. So luckily I've just been focused on what I can do, what I'm doing, training in the sport and kind of trying to block out anything else that's happening, just focusing on myself and what I can do for Tokyo. 
What's so what's going on with Yale right now? Um, I have officially enrolled for the fall year and we are supposed to get our housing uh, assignments pretty soon in a few weeks. So I'm excited for that. Um, trying not to let my excitement for Yale overshadow my excitement for Tokyo. Just trying to focus on one thing um, at a time. But of course, I'm very excited for that because if all things go well, it's supposed to be back on campus. It's supposed to be, you know, everyone has to be vaccinated. But um, things are supposed to be looking a little bit more normal as the months go on. So we'll see. Have you uh, settled on a major? I know last time you, you were still kind of deciding. Yeah, I'm still going to go with undecided for now. I feel like at the very last second when I have to pick, then I will speak my mind. But since I'm not 100% sure either way, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it a mystery, you know. Where can people find you? Where can people track your your journey? Are you on social media at all? Uh, Yes, I am on Instagram as Toss and Catch. Um, that's a reference to the sport and toss constantly tossing and catching our equipment. Um, and I'm also on Facebook next week. We talk with a U.S. men's volleyball player set to head to his second Olympic games. I'm Brian Burrow. We'll see you then on quest for gold.